Thank you, Jesus. Let us have the testimonies now and give glory to God. Yes, who wants to go first? I just want to give thanks to God for this week. It is a very challenging week and um, I would like to say to the Lord that I'm still trusting in your word because it's guiding me. It's a lamp unto my feet as someone in the 19ers, um, always alarming me. But there are tough times coming ahead, but I know that every prayer has been answered so far. So this is also going to be an answered prayer for me. So I just want to thank the Lord in advance for what is coming and um, for all those facing troubles like these. I ask God that he lifts us all up in time and gives us the faith we need. So, uh, yeah, I have a few prayer requests and I'm just praying the Lord comes through and helps me to find that angel I'm looking for, which I really need to find as soon as possible to help me with my situation. So, yeah, thank you and praise you, Jesus, in advance. Thank you, your mighty praise and thank you to the Holy Spirit and thank you to Abba Father. And thank you, Brother Russell, for the morning bread and tongues as well. It is very anointing. And I feel really blessed every day when um, I listen even to the recording. There is power in that. So um, thank you very much. And thank you, everyone, for praying for each other. God bless. And yeah, let the victory be Jesus at all times. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All, all glory to Jesus. And yeah, just hold on to him and he will hold on to you. Don't let him go. He is true to this word. He will not back out. Yes, he's always true yeah. to this promise. That's the Sweet. only thing that has kept my eyes and heart open to see, no matter what the enemy brings against us. Um, yeah, true victory will be Jesus's at all times. Amen. Amen. It always Amen. is, was, is, and will always be. It's Amen. a done deal. We've done on the cross already. Thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Praise God. Yeah. Who's next? Jane, do you want to go next? Hello, brother? Yes. Yeah. Jane here, brother. I want to thank the Holy Spirit for the God by. And I was to thank the Holy Spirit for the last week's teaching, brother. As I was writing notes, it took nearly five days to hear the teaching once. And I heard the teaching thrice. And uh, when I was in the third time, I was hearing it. I was just pondering on the it was always it was a lot of questions there. So I was answering, I was raising the questions. So and I was in the third time I was watching it. I was I was I felt I was in a different world, brother. Different world for a moment. For, for some time I was in a different world. Nothing, nothing surrounding me. There was nothing. And was just enjoying it. And the Holy Spirit said, This this is what how will be when your life changes 
according to the teaching. Yeah. It's he, he takes you deeper and deeper with him. Yes, yes, brother. I really enjoyed it, brother. I really enjoyed it. I couldn't express I couldn't express it how it was in my feelings now. I couldn't express it. It was really beautiful. Really, I feel if it I think if it is if you all can taste and see, it's good. Praise God. And the scripture that I got was the word of the truth of the gospel which has come to you at this at this at it has also in all the world and is bringing forth fruit as it is also among you since the day you heard and knew the grace of god in truth as you also learned from brother vivek brother russell that the savior our dear fellow servant who is the faithful minister of christ on your behalf amen praise god I just feel now also the anointing better. Thank you, brother. I just want to thank you for all. Nothing else, brother. The morning encounters, my rosary group, brother Vivek's teachings, and the anointing with which I'm writing on the notes. I just sit and sit, brother. Nothing else I do. Just sitting. In doing nothing other than the Lord's work. I'm really blessed to be a part of this good brother. Praise God for that. He works in mysterious yes. ways. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he's taking you on a journey to go deeper with. Yes, yeah. touch, touch me a lot, brother. I was just pondering on the questions and still answering it. I'm not able to not have it. I haven't finished it all. So answering all the questions. What you have asked, brother. If you start, if everyone starts, whoever read the questions and answering them, he will just know how bad we are and what corrections has to be made to make our spiritual life more better. No. Yeah. I want to thank, thank the Lord, thank the Holy Spirit. Yeah, thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise God. Pandana, your voice is not clear. It's, it's cracking up again. No, it's still not clear. Father, let a connection come through. It is the touch of your finger that brings your people together. Let it come through in the name of Jesus. Who else wants to go with their testimony in the meantime? Brother Russell, this is Jude with you. Yes, My Lord. testimony may just sound like a story, but this is a true incident and the faith 
Can you hear me, brother? Yes, I can hear you. Hello? Yes, I can hear you. Hello? Hello? I can hear you, Jude. Hello? We can hear you, Jude, go ahead. Brother, my testimony may sound like a story, but it's a true incident which I've experienced recently, last 20 days or 25 days. Am I audible? Yes, yes, you're audible, go ahead. Uh, I've been out of Bombay for a short trip uh, to help a friend of mine who was uh, working on a project. During this incident, uh, during my visit, different people I met and were those so lethargic and you know and they were had a very bad experience with them every time I had to call the Holy Spirit Lord help me help me to handle these people and every time I called the Holy Spirit always helped me and guided me how to be patient understanding and how to move forward there was a time when there was a uh, there was a session where the party was hosted by my friend all of a sudden, during the party, he, there was drink served, and he had a mixed drinks, and he just collapsed because the drinks were mixed in his glass, and he, it was an accidental mixture, and he just collapsed. Looking at his state of condition, we decided that he, he should be taken to the to, to the doctor to the clinic. When when we took him to the clinic, the doctor immediately said, "You have to take him to the hospital." After when we took him to the, it was a late night. After we took him to the hospital, the hospital said, "This uh, we don't have the equipments, the treatment, what we required for this person. So you have to move him to another hospital. So another hospital to move from one hospital to another hospital was difficult for us because we didn't have an ambulance. We we're just moving in a car. So we mm -hmm. asked the hospital people, do you all have an ambulance? He said yes, but there's no driver. So it was an, there. So again, uh, we had to call out for the whole. I had to call out for the Holy Spirit, uh, guide us, help us. So among us, one of our friends, he was a good driver. He said, "Okay, I can drive." The doctor immediately said, "Okay, if you can drive, just give us a permission. Go ahead and take the ambulance out." Had he he would have been caught or checked by any other person or RTO or police, the hospital could have been fined, or there could be another bad experience. We took him to the hospital, which was suggested, and we once we got him admitted, the nurses said, okay, you have to deposit so-and-so amount. Accidentally, again, I carried my credit card or my debit card. Nobody had money that huge amount to pay. So I had carried my card by mistake, and I happened to pay there and there as a deposit and got him admitted. After some time, the nurse said, okay, your, your, your patient is not responding to any of her treatment. It's a very critical situation. Please find out how, which way you can do the deposit. Okay, the money, everything was done. It was such a situation. He was in ICU and he slipped into a coma. Wow. Continuously, we said, we kept, we kept on reciting the half of the Hail Mary, half of the Hail Mary. We had a sleepless night. And this person was supposed to be nominated, was nominated for a certain political party. Everything was done. 
all of a sudden what happened on the day of nomination why did this man go into this type of this into this state of coma was it, it could have been a police case or a lot of huge investigation next day when we woke up we called the clinic we called the hospital any improvement they said no i kept on saying the hail mary said hail mary continuously so much so that tears were coming out from my eyes i said lord i want you to do it and i prayed with authority i said father god you are mighty god you will do it for me and as you and it's okay we all said okay, my the the family which i was staying with we said okay let's go and visit him but there it was one of their family member who was in the hospital once we went to the hospital immediately the uh, one of the uh, they came running to us saying that the patient is showing a sign of improvement his fingers are moving now and they said hallelujah your prayers are heard prayers are heard there was a small chapel i caught another person with me i said let's it says that when two or three i come together in the name of the lord the lord is there so let's keep on saying hail mary hail mary setting the rosary brother it was such a miracle that there was improvement after improvement improvement after improvement and he got he became better by evening but still icu after four days he was discharged praise god it was just a miracle the, even the doctors were surprised that how come this person got healed or got cured within the span of four days because everything had gone bad the systems were not responding and they said we thought he may not come back to life but it's a true miracle i praise and thank god for everything hallelujah amen thank you jesus powerful mighty testimony when we give him permission to work you can see how he does things a lot of time it is we who hold back yeah. but praise god wonderful testimony thank you jesus Who's going next? If you have experienced the hand of the Lord work in your life, please unmute and share. Yeah, give yeah. glory. Hello. Yes, go ahead, Monica. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to thank God for all His goodness. I want to give glory to Him in presence of all of you. I would mighty praise and worship Him every moment. Though, though still we are in lot of, uh, still we are in the crisis. But I know that my, it just look. I focus on my God. i know that i will cross all my mountains because i know that my god is standing with me is always defending me protecting me and my family so great faith in my god the holy god who is always sending people to help us out so always supporting our family and i, I could feel the presence of god into my home that is the most important thing i know things are bad but i just keep on focusing on my god i don't look at what is happening around 
and i tell my family also just focus on god because he's the only person a living god who is with us so all glory to god all praise he every time whatever i've asked in the you know brother uh, vivek has taught us or if i confess only i keep repeating i keep repeating early morning and it works wonders every day i keep myself maybe i'm not exercising maybe i'm not doing but i keep myself fit strong healthy and things are working yes it is working in my favor because i know my god is good for me i keep saying i am like a tree planted by the streams of living water i keep saying and it is working i know it is always if my children are somewhere because of the 10 standard the things are shaky but i say i know my god has given wisdom so everywhere i keep my first place to god and i know that my god is standing with us that's a great power that is strength what we are having and yes i don't know from where people whatever i need which whichever thing part things i need yes he provides because i say my god shall supply all my needs so yes i am i'm running a daycare i started and i told i kept in my mind focus that yes i've got take children in my place doing it from last four five months yes but i started and it is working so all praise to god thanks to god that he is the mighty power mighty strength he is the power which the energies what we are having it is only from god thank you lord for this wonderful group i bless this group and i strengthen each and every person stand strongly because only god jesus who is there with us and he can do he's the king of king and we are his children amen amen and hebrews 11 verse 6 says and that verse just keeps coming to me as you were speaking now without faith it is impossible to please god so when you're holding your faith on to some expectation look at what your next step should be if that is going to happen and take that next step and if you attended last week's session the first part of this teaching when we had our testimonies there sister viena testified about speaking to the shutter at her workplace and said you shutter will not come down on this office you will not close so speak to your day speak to your circumstance speak to everything that you want to move speak to it make it move in the spirit and then let that manifest through your faith in the physical whatever it is that is your mountain in your life speak to it yes sir yeah thank you praise god yes you want to go next who would like to testify next and give glory to god would like to thank him for our health for our safety that we are alive we thank him for the rain we thank him for our families our home the food that he provides us today thank him that he is nourishing us spiritually through these bible study sessions every friday through the reflections that brother savio shares
through the morning encounters, through the rosary session in the evening, through the divine mercy. If you are being blessed by all of these, at least share those. That's the least we can do. Share it with others. There would be people around that are in need of certain scriptures. And those scriptures will speak to you and say, this applies to that friend, to that neighbor, to that relative. Take that reflection, share it through whatever channels you're using, WhatsApp or through Telegram or through Facebook. Use whatever is available. Share it with them. That's the best way to give God, to share him with others. Yes, Russell, I, I confirm that. I'd just like to praise and, and thank the Lord for all the graces and blessings he's given us all this week. I just thank you for, for Vivek's ministry, for your ministry, Savio's ministry, and Janella's ministry, and all the Rosary Group and, and the Divine Mercy. What a powerful ministry that each one, and also for each member of this prayer group, that they are such powerful prayer warriors. I thank you, Lord, for just for the air we breathe and we give you glory. We praise and thank you, Lord, that, that we can praise and worship you. We can, we, we've got fingers and hands to open your word and speak those, those mighty words out to change lives. We give you glory, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, darling Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And for those of you that are new here or have, have not yet joined our Telegram group, I've just shared a link to join the Telegram group and I've shared the timings for the different sessions. So we've got our morning encounter with the Lord that's run seven days a week, 365 days a year at 7 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So you can convert that to your local time zone if you're not in Australia or if you're in a different part other than Brisbane. Uh, we've got the Divine Mercy Chaplet and the Rosary every evening, Monday to Thursday at 7 p.m. And on a Friday, it's run at 3 p.m. in the afternoon. And then we have our Bible study session, which is run every Friday evening at 5.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. So you can join us either on uh, Zoom or you can join us on uh, YouTube Live. Thank you, Jesus. Hello, Brother Russell. Yes, yes, Kathy. Go uh, ahead. Hello, good evening. I would like to praise and thank my God for the last session last week. I was sitting, um, starting with the praise and worship with Sister Shanine, and the most beautiful perfume started to fill the room. And as the night progressed and the praise and worship uh, kept going, it deepened and the perfume, it became stronger and stronger. And then I could feel the presence of the Lord was sitting close by me. And as the, the perfume would fade away and the perfume would come back even stronger, it is so beautiful. The perfume was absolutely divine. I was in, in the most beautiful garden. And when you finish the night, the prayer that you and Brother Vivek and your brother Russell shared, the perfume of the garden became so strong. It was just magnificent. I could smell flowers and I knew the Lord was near me. So I'm just praising God that I am with this group. I praise God for Brother Vivi, you, Brother Russell, Brother Savio and Sister Shanine and everyone else for the presence of the Lord was so um, special to me last week. I just wanted to share that testimony. Thank you. Oh, praise God. 
Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence. Thank you, Lord. Love you, Jesus. Who else would want to give glory to God now? Please unmute and share your testimonies. I want to thank God. Yes, yes, Andrea. Go ahead. Blessing he has given me. And every time I keep on talking to God in the night, I say I'm sorry for someone. Then somebody asks me to pray, and all are being healed. Praise God for this. And I want to thank God for blessing me. I had some allergy below the eyes. And it was, uh, and my children saw that swollen up and all. You better go to the doctor. I said, no, I will not go. I will tell Jesus to cure me. Then I read Matthew 7. I don't know the verse, what it is. He says, I will, in, I will cure all your diseases. And I told Jesus, Please, Jesus, I don't want to go anywhere. I told Mother Mary, tell your son to heal me. Morning when I got up, the swelling has become less. And I thank God for all this. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glorify your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Who else would like to share their testimony? I might share a short one of mine as well during this week where I had a training session, a full day training session. I had to drive into a city and had to use one of the, the paid car parks there. And they're usually uh, difficult to come by with spots because they're always very busy. So I had to pre-book one. And then I'm not too familiar with driving into the city. So when I ended up there going by GPS, they had the, the same parking company had parking uh, lots in two adjacent buildings. And I actually ended up, though pre-booked, I ended up parking in the wrong building, not the one that I had booked for. Although I thought it was right. I didn't know they had two parking lots in uh, two uh, parking uh, areas within the two adjacent buildings. So I thought it was still the same one. And then while exiting in the evening, um, I was given a bill a huge amount for a full day parking there, which was a lot more than what I had paid for the pre-booking. So when I saw that, I was a bit shocked and surprised, but uh, instead of focusing on the amount that has been charged to my card, I just decided to say a prayer, spoke what I wanted, did not speak what I didn't want. And I thank the Lord for refunding that amount to me. Later that evening, I made a claim with that company. I acknowledged my mistake. I accepted 
that I parked in the wrong building, but they didn't know at the time. And I sent them the parking receipt. And the very next morning, I got a message from them to say, we understand that that can happen and we don't mind. We will refund that amount back to you. So praise God for that. It's a small incident, but the reason why I'm putting that forward is uh, how you respond to different situations that come across you, although it might look like an adversity, what you then respond at that time is what decides the outcome there. That is where our prayer becomes important. And what we speak is what we get. So we speak what we want. We don't speak what we don't want. Praise God. Who else would like to share their testimony of something they have experienced this week? Thank you, brother. Is there anyone else I would like to share a testimony? Otherwise, we'll get into this evening's uh, teaching. There's a lot to cover. There are a lot of scriptures. Today's session is going to be scripture rich and a lot of content. I'll try and pack it up in this session. Uh, yeah, otherwise, we would have to stretch it to a third part, which I don't want to do. Are there any other testimonies that anyone wants to talk about? Yeah, brother. I would like to give a small testimony, one line. Yes, Anita, go ahead. Yeah, I would like to praise and thank God as my daughter received her ILTS results today. This was the second attempt and she cleared it. I thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Are there any other testimonies? Hello, Brother Russell. I uh, yes. just want to give another quick um, testimony. Yes, uh, just a few days back, we got uh, news from India that my mom-in-law was not well and uh, she needed a surgery and she was admitted to the hospital. And uh, we all were concerned uh, for her and we started praying and surrendering her um, body and her life into Jesus's hand and uh, we were concerned and I put a testimony uh, put a prayer request in the group as well but praise and thanks be to God that the doctors have now decided that the surgery is not required so we claim that this is a miracle and we praise and thank God for this um, great miracle and the great uh, glory of God that is manifested in her life and also thank the Brisbane prayer group for praying with us. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Thank you, Brisbane prayer group. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It is only his influence that you know, makes people pray, get down on their knees and pray for others, intercede for others, for people they don't know, people they have never seen. The only common thread that we share is this Holy Spirit prayer group. The prayer group that is run by him, the Father, and in his name. And then all the miracles and the wonders happen when he starts to move. We have seen that last time in Genesis 1. After the spoken word of God, he moves. And it is his move that brings that manifestation. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
Hello, good evening, Brother Rasul. Yeah, good evening, Christine. Go ahead. I praise and glory to God for all the blessings that He's showering upon each one of us. I thank God for giving me peace of mind and the mind feeling that God is always there for us in any time of our situation. I'm so happy that God is with us. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Sister Shanine, for sharing that in the chat as well. We'd like to thank the Lord for Brother Vivek's healing, that he's completely free from COVID, completely healed. He's recovered well. And he shall uh, resume on his Bible teachings. The Lord, I'm sure, is pouring mighty revelations into him over these last couple of weeks. And we can't wait to hear from him all the, the new things that the Lord is doing in his life. So we shall hear from him again, continuing next week. But this week, again, we'll let him rest while I continue and finish off on this topic. Thank you, Jesus. Are there any other testimonies or we'll get into this evening's teaching? I forgot to tell you uh, one more. Uh, in the night, every night, I apply Jesus' blood. In the name of Jesus, I apply your precious blood and I drink your blood. Healer, heal me. Savior, save me. Yes. All to you, my praises. And I go in tongues. And God, he answers my prayers. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glorify your name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Russell, I would like to thank and praise God for getting me out of COVID and, you know, getting me back to the the real world started work back again. Everything is back to normal. And uh, yeah, praise God for Brother Russell who helped me during these two times, especially to say yes and take the topic. I know I gave it to you last minute, but the Lord is with you and you know the anointing is always with all of us. I, I just want to urge and I, I would request the people who are being blessed by these sessions to go out and share this with others. I can't tell you how great it is when you share something with the law of what God is giving you to somebody else. They can't be something better. So, and, and this is the reason why you are blessed. If you are being blessed yeah, by the Holy yes. Spirit, Brisbane, part, part, we are blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. I mean, if we don't share, uh, how are we any better than anyone like the Pharisees who come take something and just leave because Christ is all about giving the day you realize this, you know, giving is not just of your money. Giving is out of how I'm being benefited. Imagine somebody who have been part of the rosary prayer group. I'm sure you put an amen to that. Even if you're part of the rosary prayer group, they pray as a family every day. If you're not joining that, join that and try to, you know, pray together. It's beautiful. Okay. Everyone is praying together. In the morning uh, encounter with the Lord, it's all about intercession. It's not about praying for us. We are praying to intercede, you know, uh, in Romans 8, 26, 27. The Holy Spirit takes our tongue and uses it to pray for all the needs of the world. So we are praying for people's needs, not for us. Okay, so this ministry is all about reaching out to others. Now, today I was reading about James 1, and today it's it's in the it's the church teaching. 
that if we do not have works, okay, if I have see a person on the road who is basically hungry and I tell him, I pray for you that all goes well with you and please take care of yourself and I'll pray for you, but I don't give him food to eat, then what good is that faith for me? So that's what the Lord says. If you do not have works, okay, but I can only tell you that I'll pray for you, but I don't give you food, then there is no deeds attached to your faith and that is not faith. So what we are trying to share here is that if you can give this prayer group or this gift of the Holy Spirit Brisbane prayer group to somebody else, I mean, that's the best thing you can do. It won't cost you anything, but it can change somebody's life. Yes, and yes thank you. I, so, I share with many friends marriage. and anybody comes, I just see, I go to God and I tell them to say this. And many are healed, brother. Absolutely. Uh, there was one uh, lady who had a lot of complications. She asked, so I put it on the prayer tower. We have a prayer tower in Mullen. So they also pray. I thank them. I tell the leader. And then she puts it on the tower. And Please. then I say this. And I tell them. And then now many people are asking, pray for me, pray for me. But when you pray, you must be committed. Yes, and sir. I see that that person is getting all right. And going to see, she's better now. And they were all frightened. I said, don't be afraid. You, you talk to Jesus and you do, do all what I tell you. And he said, yes. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me this gift. Praise God. And lastly, just, uh, Russell, we, we can also share the, you know, someone who has not joined the Telegram. Remember, we moved from WhatsApp to Telegram so that we have more people who could take advantage of all the sessions and all the prayer requests. Remember one thing, this is a family. This is not Russell, Vivek or Savio or Shanin or, you know, Janela that runs it. It's all of us together. We are all equals. Okay. And that's what I love about Russell and how he, you know, prays beautifully. It's very important that we put all our requests to the Lord. Even if you're having a headache and you feel that, you know, the group can pray with you, please put it up there. Whatever is your need. If you're having pain, if you're going through something, put it up on the telegram so that people can pray with you and you'll experience the healing power of God. Someone or the other will be praying with you. I shared last time also during my last, if you have, if you are lonely, pick up someone from the prayer group, just send a message. Someone would love to pray with you. Just make them your prayer partner. And you can use Matthew 18, 19. These are simple prayers that we have been taught. Mighty cancers have got healed. Things have got healed. Impossible things have happened. People who are jobless have got jobs. Finances have been taken. You know, suddenly people have got a flow. I can't tell you how powerful it is to make prayers. So pray with someone. So just do these little things. I'm sure you'll be blessed. And thank you, Brother Russell. That's all I would like to say. God has blessed me and God has blessed all of us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Are there any other testimonies or let's get started with our teaching? Okay, I think we'll get started then with, with this evening's teaching. This is a lot. Today is going to be a scripture-rich session. There's a lot of scriptures coming in. We may not project all of them on screen. So maybe I can ask, I'll just have to ask Jane for all those that are not projected on screen to please put the scripture numbers in the chat so that people can make a note of them. 
Yeah, so today we'll continue with our session on prayer. I'm sure the last one has blessed you all. Um, we'll just do a quick recap of that. We spoke about three keys last time. And the first and the most important one is prayer is a relationship with God. We've seen that Psalm 46 tells us you know, to be still and to know him, to start that relationship with him. And Isaiah 40 verse 31 says, wait on him. They that wait on him are renewed and rejuvenated. And when you look at all of those, there's one verse coming to mind. That's Revelations 3.20, where Jesus says, I stand knocking at the door. So when you're actually seeking that relationship, what he's telling you is, I'm here waiting. All you need to do is open that door. I'm at your door. You don't need to come to me. I'm already at you, at your place. And if you open that door, then I shall come in and I shall dine with you. I shall become a part of your family. We shall form that relationship. Second key was to speak the word. And we've seen that the word can be powerful. We've got our I confess boldly scriptures, but don't limit yourself to that. Pick up any scripture from the Bible that every scripture is a promise guaranteed by God. If it says he will do it, then there is no reason to doubt. And there's one, one big scripture coming here to mind. That is John 1 verse 3, which says through him, that is through Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So if there is something that you want to claim and you want that made, you have to go through him, through the word. Everything that was, is, and will be comes only through him, through the word. Use it. And the third key was faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. But just like Brother Vivek was mentioning just now as well, through James 1, where we are, when you're praying for someone, or even if you're praying for yourself, follow it through with whatever that next step of action should be. So if you're praying for a beggar on the street, and you pray for him that he'll be well and, and he, he will be fed food, the next action would be to, to buy some food and probably give it to him. Likewise, even in your personal circumstance, whatever you're praying for, look at what the next step is and then take that action. It is that action that will complete the cycle. Most of us actually stop at speaking the scripture. So we have received the message, but we have not understood it and put it into practice. So that's, that's an important thing, faith there. And then we touched upon six principles to use in prayer where the first one was when you pray, you give him permission. Now that permission is very important. We've seen that in Jude's testimony today as well, when they surrendered it to the Lord, how things started moving within one single day, the man returned from coma to being fully functional and then went back home in the next three or four days. The second one is don't ask if it is will, if it is his will. Look up what his will is in that circumstance that you are surrounded with and then claim that will as his promise. Now we have teachings, we have quite a few teachings on this that brother, brother Vivek has done as well. He's done teachings like walking through the land of God's promises. He's done the power of your words. Like if you haven't listened to any of those, or I would recommend in general, in any case, please go back and listen to them again. I'm sure you'll pick up something new this time that you missed out the last time. Just revisit those, make some notes, start using those in your prayer. Ask the Lord to reveal to you what he wants to teach you this time. I'm sure he will teach you new. Every time we read the same scripture or we revisit the same teachings, even I learn something new. The third one was stop begging and start commanding. Now, this is a mistake a lot of us continue to make where we continue to beg and we keep saying please and we try to even negotiate with our circumstances. But as the Lord says, I have those that believe I have given them authority to be sons. Sons means equal with Jesus. You can command. Jesus says, I have given you authority to trample down. 
on snakes and scorpions. Start commanding. Use his promise and convert it into a command. And then use the authority of his name, that is his seal upon it, the seal of the king of kings. It must be fulfilled. The principle four was speak positive and not negative. So speak what you want, don't speak what you don't want, but whatever you're speaking and asking for what you want, make sure that it is aligned with God's will. We see that as in, in our today's teaching as well. The fifth one was when you when will your prayer move God? And the important thing there is it will move God only if it moves you. So make sure it's fervent and it's heartfelt. Don't just read it from a book because it was written down and given to you. Make sure you mean every word that you are saying there. And then the sixth one was be consistent and be persistent. Persistence pays off. We can see that in the parable that Jesus spoke about the, the unjust judge in Luke chapter 18 as well. So that persistence is what pays off and uh, your prayer can be answered. Now getting into today's teaching. Today we shall cover the reasons for unanswered prayer. And this is very important. I'd like each of us, when we go through each of these different reasons, I'm going to cover about 10 of them, to ponder on all of these and see whether that is a mistake that we have been making. So we shall now get into the first one. The first one among them is unanswered prayer due to doubt, lack of faith. I just mentioned earlier as well during testimony time, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. But he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, doubt is not only when you don't believe that the result is possible, but doubt can also mean contaminated faith, half-hearted prayer, a person that is double-minded. Are we making our prayer in church and then as soon as we come out, are we changing our confession when we are out from our place of prayer? As soon as we start speaking to others, what do we speak then? Are our words consistent there or are we changing it? Doubt is also when you accept the devil's report. When you're going to the doctor and the doctors are generally instructed <clears throat> to tell you the low down situation as it is. And more often than not, it is the devil's report. Are we speaking doubt or are we speaking faith in that circumstance? That doubt can abort your miracle. In Matthew 14, we see that Jesus walked on the water. When Peter saw him and said, Lord, if it is you, bid me come. And then he said, come. And Peter started walking on the water. But soon as he saw the wind around, he looked at the water down, he began to sink. He started off with faith, but somewhere along the line, contamination came in, doubt came in, fear came in. Is that happening in our place of prayer as well, where we made our prayer today and we are high in spirit and then tomorrow we see no change in the circumstance. The person that we prayed for became more sick. Does that happen to you? It happens to everyone. Or what are you doing in that situation? Are you changing your confession or are you holding on to it? Situations where you applied for jobs and you did not get an interview. A friend commented on certain situations and that discouraged you. 
a jealous family member maybe made fun of you a co-worker said it is not possible when we compare these circumstances with what peter was going through while walking on the water that is the wind in our lives are we giving in to that wind or are we staying focused on jesus when you compare that with the other situation where jesus was in the boat when they were going to when they were crossing the sea of galilee going to the gatherings and there was a huge storm and the apostles said lord do you not care that we perish he stayed focused he did not look at the wind he stayed focused on god and said peace be still are you speaking to this wind in your life and saying peace be still or is that wind shaking up your confidence and bringing in doubt the wind is always going to be there it was there even in peter's time are you looking at it like he did and are you reacting to it or are you staying focused on your prayer and not changing your confession that is doubt and you can navigate around it by making a decision on faith you remember faith doubt and fear are emotions and the devil can only get you in the flesh he cannot get you in the spirit but your faith is a decision that you make in the spirit so you have to hold on to that hold on to your decision don't let emotions and feelings change your decision go with what you know and what you know is what is based on the word and jesus said heaven and earth shall pass away that word will not change so if you trust that stick to it the second reason for an answered prayer is impure motive there are many instances in the bible where jesus says ask whatever you ask in my name that you shall receive ask and you shall receive now let's look at james chapter 4 verse 3 brother saver can you please take us to james chapter 4 verse 3 and from the niv version when you ask you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures and then let us go to 2 timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 5 as well there timothy there paul in his instruction to timothy as well talks about motives verses 1 to 5 but mark this there will be terrible times in the last days people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money 
boastful proud abusive disobedient to their parents ungrateful unholy without love unforgiving slanderous without self control brutal not lovers of the good treacherous rash conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying its power have nothing to do with such people yeah praise god do you see the three loves that come through here he says people will be lovers of themselves lovers of money and then three lines down he says lovers of pleasure are we acting out of that love and is that what we are asking for in prayer what is our motive in our prayer and where does god fit in it are we asking for things that will bring us closer to him and in his nature or is it going to take us more driving us further down into fleshly ways it is that motive that he will judge that decides whether that prayer can get answered or not and james also talks about if we go further you see he talks about quarrels and conflicts he talks about jealousy he talks about covetousness unfulfilled lust murder and envy he talks about selfishness and unrighteousness as well are we using these as our motives for our prayer and if that is a motive god being the god that he is just in his nature will he answer your prayer use these as a test to check when you make your prayer am i praying with the right motive or am i just being too selfish am i am i praying for something that will fulfill my pride and put me up and put someone else down or am i praying for god to bless others along with me as well another way of looking at it is am i praying just for my fleshly needs or am i praying to grow in the spirit as well and we ensure we make that prayer every morning in our morning encounter with the lord as well we ask for edification in the spirit first that is where 3 john 1 2 becomes effective when john prayed beloved i i pray that you be blessed in health and be well and prosperous just as your spirit prospers you can't prosper only in the flesh and not in the spirit if that is the object of prayer and it is not affecting both sides there is something wrong in our motive we are not coming closer and aligning to god's will and his word we are moving away from it so what kind of prayer then will god answer can can you take us brother savio to philippians 2 verses 3 and 4 
do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others above yourselves not looking to your own interest but each of you to the interest of the others yeah so here see if you notice the first word is saying do so it's not just about speaking things in our prayer but it is being doers of that word that we believe in and that we are praying for this is the kind of prayer and the action that then follows it in faith that he is willing to answer and then if you look further down in verse 5 that is what he is highlighting to us in what our outlook should be when we make our prayer it should reflect the mindset of christ that kind of prayer and action that follows it is what will be answered is it raising questions in your mind let us use these points to examine our thoughts in our prayer let's move to the third one the third one is unconfessed sin unanswered prayer due to an unconfessed sin and brother savio did a very good reflection on secret sin a few days ago are we hiding something 1 john 1 verse 9 says if we confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and that's a condition where it says it starts with if we must fulfill that condition psalm 51 verse 17 says a humble and a contrite heart he will not despise a heart that is humble and contrite means a heart that is repentant are we still hiding something from him while expecting him to bless us in another area and then when we repent on it if you are humbling yourself and becoming contrite or repenting on it it is important for us to verbalize that to make that confession that then builds our conviction a conviction that we will not repeat that same mistake again and when we have decided it from the bottom of our heart and we let go then god who is faithful and just he is true to his word he says i will cast your sins behind my back and i will remember them no more but for that to happen we must first let go but what happens if we don't confess then you continue to live in sin and every sin is disobedience to god when we look at deuteronomy chapter 28 you know what disobedience can bring it brings curses not every curse comes from satan or from evil most of them come out of our own actions so if there is something that we have been hiding on and have buried it deep in our heart maybe even for a long time for years go back to it confess it to the lord renounce it and let it go he says cast your burdens upon me let it go 
that could be the reason why your sin or sorry why your prayer is not being answered let's look at the effects or the repercussions of unconfessed sin and i've just put down three notes here one is it has a direct bearing on our health have you ever wondered if there is an ill health of someone in the family then that could be linked to this i'm not saying that it is necessarily that way but it could be a possible reason we need to investigate and find out whether it really is or not psalm 32 was 3 and 4 can can you take us there by the servant to psalm 32 was 3 and 4 and i would recommend everyone to read this psalm the full psalm and then reflect on it on your own prayer life on your own mistakes if there are any that we have it has been so long time that we have even forgotten about them when i kept silent my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long for day and night your hand was heavy on me my strength was sapped as in the heat of summer can we take a different version maybe new living translation i just want to see that first line when i kept silent new living translation nld it's good sometimes when you compare different versions to see what the words say just just the first line see there it said when i kept silent yes here it says when i refused to confess my sin when you refuse to confess your sin it says the psalmist said my body wasted away ill health ill health can have a connection to an unconfessed sin is your guilt keeping you from recovery or keeping a close family member from recovery the second one is unconfessed sin breaks our fellowship with god creating a barrier between our prayer and him Isaiah declared this in Isaiah fifty-nine verse two. Can you can you take us to Isaiah fifty-nine verse two? It's your sins. that have cut you off from god because of your sins he has turned away and will not listen any more yeah so it's pretty clear there and then jesus talks of the converse as well when you see in matthew chapter 5 when he is teaching the beatitude he says blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god we need 
to transform our thinking, renew our mind, to go from not confessing our sin to reaching a stage where we surrender it. And that's all he needs. Humble and a contrite heart, he will not despise, he will not ignore. James 4 chapter, James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw close to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts, you're double-minded. Are we double-minded? Where on the one side we're praying to God, expecting a miracle, but on the other side, we're refusing to give up something. That can hinder our prayer. And the third repercussion of unconfessed sin is it affects our prosperity. Proverbs 28 verse 13. Can you take us there, Brother Savio? Proverbs 28 verse 13. A lot of these verses, as we can see here, are very direct. They're very specific. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. It is that mercy, that grace that brings around, that brings about a turnaround, that brings answered prayer. So see, it's a two-way, it's a give and take in both ways. And there is really nothing that we can give God. But what he really wants is for us to renounce those, uh, those uh, anchor points where Satan can hook on to our lives and then bring about misery. All that he is looking to do is steal, kill and destroy. So if you're giving him that opportunity to hook on there, the next thing he will do is steal. So all that God is saying is don't give him the opportunity to steal. Renounce it, let it go. So when things seem to be going wrong consistently in our life, our health is continuously staying low or we're not prospering, it is time to go back to that drawing board of prayer. Go back to our secret place and talk to God and ask him, Lord, show me what is it that I'm missing? Is there something that I have not confessed? If it has been a long ago, he will reveal it to you. The Holy Spirit is very gentle there and he convicts. So he will reveal he will not condemn a point of finger at you. Now let's move on to the fourth one. The fourth reason for unanswered prayer is insincere repetition. A lot of us have been guilty of this where we read from prayer books all the time consistently. We read first alphabet to the last alphabet on that page. How much of it have we really meant in our words? In Matthew 6, verse 7, when Jesus was giving his sermon on the mount, he said, when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think they shall be heard for their much speaking. Are we doing that much speaking? That if we say long-winded prayers, then God will hear us. And all that God is probably saying, get to the point. I hear you. I hear what your heart speaks. I'm not paying attention to your words. Be specific. 
it is a conversation from the heart with someone we honor and we respect and we love i wonder if when you are speaking to your father your own your own biological daddy papa when you're talking to him and you want to ask him something how do you ask him do you go with a book and read a long essay a long winded prayer or do you just say papa i want this and if we do that with our biological father then why are we not using the same thing prayer is very much similar to our our human relationships god is a person let us remember that so when you talk to him talk to a person don't talk to a cross that is hanging on a wall don't talk to a frame and don't read that from a book all he wants to know is yes my son my daughter talk to me i'm here to listen to you pray with understanding pray with sincerity and let it be heartfelt in isaiah 29 verse 13 we see god says these people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips but their hearts are far from me he desires a sincere heart that's all he expects one that is humble contrite repentant Now let us look at what what kinds of prayer could be you know insincere insincere repetition what is not rather let us look at what is not insincere you know what is insincere repetition when you we've discussed all that so long where it is something that you're just repeating now what is not an insincere repetition if you are making the same prayer every day until it is answered that is not insincere that is fervent that is telling god that i am serious about what i am speaking to you now and i'm waiting for you to grant that to me that is persistence and fervency in prayer another one is when you pray in tongues and you will probably feel if you pay attention to what you're saying you probably feel like i'm repeating the same syllables in tongues every day would that amount to insincere repetition no it is not let me tell you it is not because when you pray in the spirit it is the holy spirit that takes those syllables and he converts it into a prayer which he then uses to intercede on our behalf and each time we pray in tongues the meaning of that prayer is different so even when we do not understand it it is not an insincere repetition when you connect with him and you make that prayer in the spirit likewise when you're praying the rosary as well just because we say one our father and ten hail marys if you are praying it with intention it is not an insincere repetition so when we are praying it let us pray with that in mind that we don't make it an insincere repetition where we just manually mechanically saying it rolling our beads over our hands but that prayer is not making any movement in the spirit you must make it count let us look at what jesus said in matthew 5 verse 37 i'm not going to project this i'll just read it to you in the interest of time he said let your communication be a yeah yeah or a nay nay that is a yes yes or a no no for whatsoever is more than that comes of evil what is really saying there is in short keep it simple 
don't get into insincere repetition. Let us now move to the next one. The fifth one, this is a big one, very common. In unanswered prayer due to unforgiveness. One of the biggest reasons for unanswered prayer. You can look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, where, where Jesus says, when you come to the altar to offer your prayer and you have something against your brother, then leave your gift there and go and make peace with your brother first. And then come and offer your gift. If you do not make peace with your brother, if you do not forgive or you do not ask for forgiveness, that gift that you have brought has no meaning. It will not be received. Again, he says in Luke 17, verse 3 and 4. He says, if your brother turns to you seven times and asks for forgiveness, what are you going to do? Jesus says, forgive every single time. Peter asked him in Matthew 18, verse 21, Lord, how many times should I forgive? He said 70 times 7, which means keep forgiving. He did it for us and continues to do it for us every single day. Every day we fall short out of our lack of wisdom and we make mistakes and he says, no worries, come back again. If you are repentant, I forgive you, come back again. In Ephesians 4, verse 27, Paul teaches us, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. When you hold on to that anger, you open the door to unforgiveness among other evils. So for that, he says, avoid it, let it go. Do not end that day without making peace. Now, a lot of us see this in our own marriages and our relationships as well where we have a fight with our spouse and then we turn to two different sides of the bed and don't want to even look at each other. We spend the whole day looking in a different direction but not looking each other in the eye. And you lost the whole day where you could have spoken nicely to your spouse about the so many good things in your life. Why would you lose that day that could be filled with love and fill it with hate? Are we doing this in our own marriages, in our life, with our parents, with our children? with our brothers and sisters. Proverbs 24, verse 17, he teaches us, do not rejoice when your enemy falls. Let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. Are we even using that in our prayer sometimes? Do we look at the other person who has hurt us as an enemy? On the contrary, he says in Romans 12, verse 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by doing so, you will heap coals, burning coals on his head. You will bring him to repentance. How are we guilty of this? And then the big one is Mark 11, verse 25, where he says, when you stand praying, forgive. Why is this forgiveness important? He says, forgive. And the first thing is, you rid yourself of that bitterness, that anguish, that burden. You are letting go of that pain within you so that it can no longer latch on, it can no longer hook on, it can no longer give Satan that chance 
you move on and are not tied down by that hurt. That hurt and Satan through that hurt has no power over you anymore. All he would do is just scratch on that hurt and make it hurt more. Make you feel guilty. Make you feel more pain. You are cutting off that opportunity for him to latch on. Second thing is it will keep you from ungodly pride and self-righteousness. That thought of I will not forgive. When you feel hurt a lot, that can be a tendency that can come in. That is sin. That ungodly pride and self-righteousness. Where you say, I will not let go, I will not forgive. But in the process, we are continuing to nurse that hurt and allowing Satan to scratch it even more. The third reason to, to forgive others is it keeps you from cursing others. Now, more often than not, you curse when it hurts the most. If you actually look at your own circumstances, the most hurt you will experience from those that are really that close to you. And these could be your best friend. This could be a close family member. Look again, look twice. Whom are you setting out to curse? Is it someone that is really that dear to you and you love so much? And then you might go back and repent and say, what did I say to them? What was I thinking when I said that? When I cursed them? Think twice before we speak. We have to renew our mind. And when we avoid this, only then can we walk in God's will and in his righteousness. He says, forgive. When you stand praying, forgive. Now, one most important thing I'd like to share here when it comes to forgiveness is forgiveness is not an emotion. It is not how you feel an emotion in the flesh. It is a decision that you make in the spirit. Forgiveness cannot come from the flesh. The flesh only experiences pain. And Satan can only ride on that pain until you make that decision in the spirit to say, I will not let the flesh control this circumstance. I'm going to introduce a move from the spirit. I make that decision from my heart to forgive. If it is difficult, and it can be in a lot of cases, I have personally experienced that as well. We need to ask for that grace to forgive. That grace to move on, to leave that baggage behind. And then unclog the way for God's mercy to flow into our life. But through that mercy then comes his breakthrough. Are we stopping our own breakthrough by standing in the way of our own progress? Why? For the simple reason of not forgiving others. Think about it. And more often than not, it's your own family. You have stopped their progress and you have stopped your own progress as well. Something worth thinking about. Let us move to number six. Unanswered prayer for mistreating your spouse. That sounds familiar. Many of us, in small ways or big ways, are guilty of this. Ephesians 5 verse 21 to 24 says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior. 
Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3 says, But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of every woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. We follow that line of authority. For God's authority flows in this very pattern. It is scriptural. This is not gender bias. When you look at those two verses together, the first thing to remember is God created man and woman in his likeness and in his own image. That is Genesis 1 verse 27. So these are the most important part of that relationship is for us to understand is these are two different dimensions of facets of God himself or herself. God's nature. God is not male. God is not female. But there's a bit of him in us as male and in us as female. And it is meant to combine together to produce the image of God. That is what marriage is about. So that he could use it to enact his own diverse dimensions of his love for us. Showing us how to love. 1 Timothy 5 verse 8 says, Anyone who does not provide for his relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And likewise, Colossians 3 verse 19 says, Husband love, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Are we guilty of this? And the same is true for wives towards their husbands as well. Peter is very direct. Can we look at this scripture, Brother Savio? 1 Peter 3 verse 7. You can probably take it from King James Version. Peter 3 was 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being his together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Now note that last line again. It says, giving honor unto your wife and dwelling with them according to the knowledge. The knowledge is what? It's the word of God, whatever God is teaching us. As being heirs together. It's not I am an heir and she is not. Heirs together of that grace of life. The part to underline is, if we are faltering on this part, then our prayers could be hindered. Is this a mistake that we are making in our lives? That as a husband, you might be Bible reading, you might be living a good life outside the house, but then in the house you are inconsiderate, being disrespectful, of the wife or probably mistreating her, abusing her. Likewise, of a wife to her husband. Is this something that we are guilty of? 
that can hinder prayers. It's very clear in the scripture here. And the next one is Malachi 2 verse 16. Can we go to Malachi 2 verse 16? Timothy actually says such a person has denied the faith and he is an unbeliever. For the Lord, the God of Israel, said that he hated putting away for one covereth violence with his garment. Said the Lord of hosts, therefore take heed to your spirit, that ye deal not treacherously. Man that does not love his wife but divorces her. He's covering his garment with violence. That is a curse. We are bringing violence on our own lives. So he's saying, guard yourselves in the spirit. Do not be faithless. Do not deal treacherously. Be very careful. They could be, these could all could be reasons for unexplained hardship in family life that are brought about by disobeying God's simple laws that are placed here in his word concerning this sacred relationship. That is how much value he gives to it. He says, if you're going through hardship, then maybe it's time for us to take a step back and reflect on this part of our life. Have I been selfish to not care enough for that half of my family, my husband, my wife. Have I disrespected, mistreated, or even refused to submit to him or her? Have I been abusive? Have I cursed them for their behaviors, for their bad habits? Or even do I look down on them because they're not earning enough or are not as intelligent? Or because their thoughts and values are not aligned with mine? because they do not care enough for the children of the family. What is my approach there? It is important to look up to and to value the spouse. Let's move to number seven. Number seven is pride. This along with unforgiveness are the two biggest reasons for unanswered prayers. The most common and the biggest ones. Pride, as we have seen, is the very reason the first sin was committed. Satan, well, Lucifer became Satan and was thrown out of heaven. The Bible talks about many instances where he has used that very same experience of his to instigate man so that they might fall just like he fell. Even today, there are many that are falling in the same way. He's executing the same strategy and we fall into that trap. 
there are so many examples in the Bible. There are people like Haman in the book of Esther, Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, King Herod in the very life of Jesus. And they all face their downfall. Are we exercising pride in our relationship with people and in our relationship with God? One of the big ones there is self-righteousness. Most of us are generally good with, with a lot of things around our life. But when it comes to things not going as we have planned, then we become like the elder son in the parable of the prodigal son. That pride starts to manifest itself. Whenever we think we are not getting what we deserve, whenever we think we have been good and righteous and hardworking, and then God is not coming through with that plan for us. And you're wondering, Lord, why are you torturing me? What have I done? When we are upset that someone else gets a promotion which we wanted. When we are hurt that another person, wherever, in the family, in school, at work, is receiving more recognition than we have. And we have done a lot of hard work in there. We are the ones doing all the work. Whenever we are jealous of the gifts that others are receiving and we are not getting it, where we think we deserve it, pride starts to raise its head there. This is Satan's age-old tactic. We need to be discerning enough to pick it quickly. Don't look externally, look within ourselves. That is the first note to make there. And when you when you make a prayer, check whether your prayer request is carrying a tone of pride in it. If it carries pride in it, God will oppose it. He won't answer that. His word says, he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And in Proverbs 16, verse 5, he says, be sure of this, they will not go unpunished. His answer is simple, it is, which is what we see in James 4, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. That's all that he is looking for. Do not make a prayer in self-righteousness. Approach him in humility. What else does God call pride? Let's look at a few in scripture. Jeremiah 9, verse 23. He says, let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. These are forms of pride. In Philippians 2 verse 3, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Selfish ambition is pride. Proverbs 8 verse 13, he says, I hate pride and arrogance evil behavior and perverse speech. Arrogance that is demonstrated in the form of evil behavior and perverse speech. That arrogance as well is a form of it. Proverbs 21 verse 24, he talks about the mocker who behaves with insolent fury. The one who mocks others. 
for whatever mistakes they have made, for whatever vulnerabilities they have. Proverbs 26 verse 12, he says, do you see a person wise in their own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than them. This, in a way, is related to self-righteousness. Do we think of ourselves as smart? Psalms 10 verse 4, he says, In his pride, the wicked man does not seek God. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. He thinks, I can do this, I've got this. How are we acting out of that pride? In many circumstances, based on what we know, we think we can handle this. Now, there are times when we should handle them. But there are times when we have to surrender it. Knowing the difference is where discernment will come in. What should we do? Romans 12 verse 3 says, Do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought to, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each one. And then in Romans 12, verse 16, he continues to say, live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Are we looking down on others? Are we shaming them? Are we naming them for mistakes they have made? Galatians 6, verse 1, 2, 3 talks about that. Where he says, maybe we should take that. Brother Savio, can you please take us to Galatians 6, verse 1 to 3? Talks about someone who is caught in sin. What should we be doing? Remember that we ourselves are not perfect. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens. And so, fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceived himself. Can you, can you take us to the NIV version of this? Probably the language will be a little simpler. Sure. You don't have to read it again. I just encourage each one to look at what is projected on screen. So till verse 3. It says, if someone is caught in sin, then you who live by the Spirit, now you have been transformed. What are you going to do? You should restore that person gently. Help them. But watch for yourselves when you are interacting with them so that you yourself will not be tempted. That pride to point a finger at that person should not come in between. Rather, we should carry their burden, carry each other's burdens, help them in a way that we fulfill the law of Christ. His law is only one, love. But in the process, if we think, oh, that person has made a mistake, 
he has fallen and I'm holier than them, then there is a problem. Pride is slowly creeping in. Do not let yourself be deceived by that, is what this verse is all talking about. I hope you are enjoying all of these. And it is, it is providing a lot of food for thought about ourselves, our own behavior and our own prayer life. Let us move to the next one. I hope you're doing well for time as well. There's a lot more to cover. The next one, number eight. Eighth reason for unanswered prayer. Dishonor. Dishonor is another one. More often than not, it comes within the family. The first thing to remember is the fifth commandment that the Lord gave us. In Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your mother and your father that you might live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Are we guilty in our verbal exchanges with them? Are we guilty of dishonoring them? Now, dishonor there can bring curses. If we read that exact opposite of it, where he says, honor your father and your mother so that you shall live long in the, in the land the Lord your God is giving you, first away, he will not give it to you. Second thing is, you shall not live long. Let's look at Genesis 9, verse 20 to 23. There, Noah, after planting a vineyard, got drunk and he was uncovered in his tent. His son Ham saw the nakedness of his father, but instead of discreetly covering him, covering his father's shame, what did he do? He dishonored his father. He sought to expose him. Went and told his brothers. And the brothers then came in and covered their father. They honored him. So they continued to receive the blessing. But what did Ham receive? He received a curse. Canaan, his son, was cursed. That he would be the slave of everyone. 1 Peter 2, verse 17 and 18 says, Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God. Honor the emperor, that is respect the government as well. Verse 18 says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. We see this in Genesis 9 as well. I'm speaking of servants. Hagar, after conceiving her son, Ishmael, began to dishonor Sarah and mistreat her. So that when Sarah mentioned about it to Abraham, his anger was stirred up and Hagar had to run away to save herself. Even when she cried, the angel of the Lord acknowledged Sarai and said, Sarai is your mistress. Go back to her. Submit to her hand. You see that in Genesis chapter 9. In the book of Esther chapter 1, we see that Queen Vashti dishonored King Ahasuerus in front of his guests when he asked her to come out and she refused. She refused to come out. That dishonor cost her her position as queen. Whom are we dishonoring today? What is it costing us? 
maybe someone a senior or superior at work i'm reminded of an incident of a time years ago when i worked in india where there was a colleague and his department wasn't doing that great so he was called in by senior management and shamed a lot he was blamed a lot not all of it was his fault and then a year later it didn't take long a year later when out of all that pressure he quit his job he got another job that at with a company that was a client a customer to this company that he earlier worked in he became a representative of that company and he came back here to visit this company as that customer the man that they dishonored and this was a manufacturing unit despite him working here he insisted on the ceo giving him a tour of the whole company he knew it inside out he insisted on taking that tour just to make a point and in the end didn't even give them any business look at what dishonored us hebrews 7 verse 7 says without contradiction the lesser is always blessed of the greater or the better depending on which version you refer to the lesser is always blessed of the greater when you want to receive from someone or you are in a position where you will receive from someone whether that is a parent whether that is a senior at work whether that is someone holding a position in the church or in the community do not dishonor conversely when we want to receive from them we should show seeds of honor honor them so that when they decide to bless the lesser is blessed of that greater whom does god call us to honor we are called to honor all men honor the king in 1 peter 2 verse 17 we see that is honor your government additionally in 1 timothy 5 verse 17 we see paul calls us to honor church elders there are times we speak bad about our priests as well and i have been guilty of that too at work we should honor and respect those who are our employers 1 timothy 6 verse 1 this talks about honoring your employers 1 timothy 5 verse 3 says honor widows 1 peter 3 verse 7 says honor your spouses the same is seen in ephesians 5 verse 22 the unseemly who we think are less honorable and the aged we are called to honor all of them it's not that someone is doing a menial job a lowly job is just a cleaner or a peon in the office so we should look down on them we are called to honor we are called to honor god even in our wealth in everything that we have in everything that we receive in every success we achieve that honor releases the power of god in our life 
Proverbs 3 verse 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. And then what happens then when you honor him? Your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim with new wine, which means you shall live in abundance. This is a very good key. When you want abundance, honor the Lord with your wealth and your first fruits. There are a lot of these kind of keys hidden around that Bible. If you look closely and you understand them and you pick them up as that principle, kingdom principle that we must employ in our lives, then you start to seeing progress. But dishonoring God well, can hinder progress as well. Dishonoring also in our relationships can bring struggle. Look at what's happening around you. And if there is something that's struggling, check to see whether it is your dishonor that is making that happen. Perhaps with a work colleague, they're not being supportive and cooperative of you. Have you dishonored them in some way? Alternatively, if you want that relationship to work and you want them to be supportive of you, all it takes is honor them. Just simple as that. What can we do? Invite them out for a cup of tea or coffee. Have a chat with them. Make friendships. Presenting a small gift, like even taking them out to a coffee, can amount to a big value in terms of honor. Think humanly. When others take you out to coffee as well, you feel it. When people give you small gifts, it makes a difference. You want to give them back. That's our human nature. Even when people dishonor you, you want to give them back. So you have to choose which one you want back. Let's move to reason number nine. Spiritual warfare. Now, this one's different from all the above eight we have seen. All the above eight are internal factors. This is the only external factor. What does that tell you? More often than not, the reasons for unanswered prayer lie within us. There's only one external factor when there is spiritual wickedness. When there are certain atmospheres or presence that, that can pose a hindrance to a prayer being answered. There can be a battle of establishing or shaking the belief of a Christian there. It's about standing firm in those times. Paul spoke of this in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 18 where he said to the Thessalonians, I wanted to come to you, but again and again, Satan hindered me. In Luke 22 verse 31, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has sought or desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed that your faith fail not. Battle of establishing or shaking our beliefs as Christians. Satan can manipulate circumstances to hinder the alignment of our prayer or to make us speak one negative word. He follows God's systems as well. He knows those systems through and through. He knows those equations. If you do a certain thing, it will work in a certain way. But if he can disrupt you from doing that thing, then the outcome will change. That's all he's doing there. 
what do we need to do persist and continue on that path don't listen to him a classic example of controlling atmospheres is seen in the book of daniel chapter 10 where the angel of where the angel gabriel came to daniel and said your prayer was heard on the first day but the prince of persia withstood me for 21 days and i couldn't come to you with that answer it was only when michael came that i was released and i could come The important thing to note here is you could be one that is greatly beloved of God and yet have your prayer delayed in its answer. It is answered by God on day one, but a strong man or a principality, certain atmospheres can hinder and delay that answer from coming to you. We must persist. Things like these can be manifest in heaviness sometimes. Heaviness at the time of prayer, disruptions in our prayer, tech issues. We've seen that on this prayer group as well. Classic examples of this evening too, where people couldn't read the scriptures and she couldn't even share her testimony. Distractions of various kinds. Phone calls that come in at the time of prayer. Feeling sleepy when you start to read your Bible. How about that? You might have experienced some of these somewhere or the other in your place of prayer. What he's really trying to do is he can see that power building there. All he wants to do is disrupt it from coming to you. But when that power starts to take its place within you, some gifts will start to manifest. Some favor of God starts to take shape. All that Satan wants is to not let you become that challenge for him to then have to deal with later. Because once you have certain powers, then you start to become a threat to them, to his kingdom. So they will try and use controlling atmospheres. We see a similar situation with a man that was possessed in the gatherings by a group of spirits and they call themselves legion. We see that in Luke chapter 8. I won't go into details there, but in summary, we see in Matthew, in the version written by Matthew in 8, verse 34, we see that after the man was delivered and the whole town went out to Jesus. When they saw him, there was only one thing they said to him. They pleaded him to leave their region. Now, why would you ask someone who has done such a miracle, freed a man from a legion? of spirits. Why would you ask such a holy man to leave? You can see the effect of controlling spirits over that region, that territory there. Our brother Vivek has done some teachings on these, on these topics as well. I would recommend listening to those. He's done teachings on marine spirits too. Have a look on our YouTube channel. You'll find them there. What weapons would you engage in such times when you look at circumstances and for some reason there is a sixth sense that tells you this is not normal? The weapons you have are, well, either you could get into deliverance, that is one way, but another one when it comes down to temptation where your place of prayer is being attacked, then you have to use praise and worship. We see in Isaiah 61 verse 3, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness as well. So certain types of conditions, you have to discern through them and look at, well, what weapons am I going to use? 
is praise and worship going to help or do I need deliverance? But before making any decision, before speaking any prayer, before jumping into by the stripes and wounds of Jesus, I am healed. Before jumping into cursing, rebuking and binding spirits and casting them out, first find out where or which of these nine reasons it is that might likely, most likely be responsible for my prayer being hindered. First look within. And now I want to share a tenth one, which is not directly a reason, but it is more connected with prayers that we instantly don't find answers for. This is delay or the timing in prayer. Many, many of us more often than not want quick answers in this age, in this modern day and age where you know, we live in, in fast food times, we live in a drive-through circumstance. Are we treating God as a drive-through where I can just drive by, place my request and then move a little further to the next window, pick up my answered prayer and drive on? We need to remember that God is not a fast food joint. We need to learn to be patient at times. He makes all things beautiful in his time. We see a lot of that mentioned in Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. Sister Anita shared her testimony today as well, where her daughter attempted IELTS two times. Could it be the timing in that one? Maybe. Ecclesiastes 8 verse 6 says, There is a time and a way for everything. Although man's troubles lie heavy on him, so there are solutions and timings for those, for those solutions to take effect. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, let us not go weary of doing good. Some of us tend to give up when we prayed once, twice, thrice, four times. We've lost our patience. God, I don't think you're listening to me. Looks like you're not going to answer. He says, do not grow weary of doing good for in due season you will reap if you don't give up. The whole principle of prayer and faith is based on sowing and reaping. Everything in the Bible is based on sowing and reaping. That law which God gave Noah, Genesis 8 verse 22. While the earth remains, he said, seed time and harvest will always be there. And if we are patient enough, then that seed will germinate and grow into a plant that plant will bear fruit. Are we trying to hurry God on certain things that need process? A pregnancy also takes nine months. It takes about a year for a newborn child to stand on their feet and probably start walking. Probably 18 months to two years before they start speaking. Now what happens if we expect them to start speaking when they are two months old? Is it going to happen? Can a baby be delivered in three months of pregnancy? A normal, healthy child, living, fully formed. 
takes process. Sometimes we need to understand whether this is delay or whether it is process. Is our perseverance being tested there? Even Jesus waited on his time. He didn't get baptized like us when we were a baby. He had to wait 30 years for John to baptize him. And only then, being the son of God, only then did he walk under an open heaven. For those 30 years, the heaven above his head was closed. It's only after that opened, then you see, he started working in miracles, started walking in miracles. Even in, in John chapter 2, when his mother asked him to help when the wine had run out, he said, my hour has not yet come. Timing. Is it timing or is it delay? We need to look at that and think again. When we look at making prayer with visions, that is what we will cover next. But before that, I just want to touch here on timing as well. In Habakkuk 2 verse 3, even revelation awaits an appointed time. We have to wait for it. If we choose not to wait for it, it is not going to come anyway. He makes all things beautiful in his time. So now this, these are my list of 10. They may not necessarily be exhaustive, but... These are the reasons for unanswered or possibly delay of prayer, delay of manifestation. Now let's quickly look at how to make a prayer with vision. This is the next thing I wanted to cover. We've Brother Vivek has covered this in the past. We've, during his teachings, we've covered this in our morning sessions as well. The important verse here is Habakkuk 2 verse 3. When you make a prayer, it says, Brother Savio, can you please project that one for us? Habakkuk 2, verses 2 and 3. The importance of visualizing that prayer. When you are praying for a job, you are praying for a house. How or what vision are you giving God there? What is the power of that vision? Then the Lord replied write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it for the revelation awaits an appointed time it speaks of the end and will not prove false Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. Yeah, look at verse 3 there. It says, a revelation awaits an appointed time. That's what we were just talking about. But look at the line just above it. It says, when you write it down and make it plain on tablets, a herald, herald is a messenger. That messenger, that angel can pick up your message and run with it. And when you write it down, when you give that visualization, cannot go false. 
can you take us to the aramaic version of this aramaic standard english bible probably need to click on those three lines there i think at the right on the top further up where it says bible a little further up the three lines yeah it'll show you a list of all the different bibles there maybe the the aramaic english standard or standard english bible It's probably further down, you know, to keep scrolling further down. Sure. No, not seen in that list. Yeah. Yeah, this one. Let me make, uh... There should be one of those there. Maybe try one of those Aramaic there. I don't know if that would give it or not. But if not, then I've got the text. I might just be able to read it anyway. Maybe not. Habakkuk. Oh, it's giving a different... Uh... Oh, it's giving a different one. Yeah. Okay, I'll just read it quickly then in the interest of time. It says, because the vision has been for its time and the end comes and does not lie. And if it delays, you should not lose hope for yourselves because it will come quickly and will not delay further. So that vision is important. So when we pray, he says, write down that vision so that your messenger can carry it in the spiritual realm, take it to God, come back with an answer, just like we saw with Daniel and the angel Gabriel, Daniel chapter 10, the exact same thing here. Give your vision, be very specific. How do we specific? If How, do, to, how to be very specific? When you're praying for a job, you write down the offer letter that you want. Be specific on the detail, what sort of a job you're looking for, how much salary it should have. And then you employ all the other principles that we have seen last week on being consistent and being persistent. You're praying for a house. Put down the details of what it should look like. Paint a picture in your mind and give that picture to God and say, this is what my house should look like. These many bedrooms. And then ask him to provide the way to make it possible. There is great power in praying with that vision. Now last, I just want to quickly touch on the last part of today's topic, which is when will God hear you now? We've talked about unanswered prayer when God will not hear you. Let's talk about when will God hear you. And there is just one scripture, which I believe is the formula to this. And can you please project that for us, Brother Savi? It's 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. The key here is God himself saying, 
then I will hear you. He's very specific there. But I want you to note another important word that comes at the starting. Typical of most of his promises. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. So he starts with the condition, if, which means we need to fulfill this. What do we need to fulfill? It says my people. So first thing is know your identity. You can only be his people where you have a relationship with him. He's your father and you are close. What is your identity in God? The Israelites carried that identity so much so that even the people of Jericho feared them. Though they were a small nomadic tribe, Jericho, with all its fortification, feared them. It is that identity, that brand image, that name that they carried, the Hebrews. What is your identity with God? Seek that identity. Look up the Bible and find it. What you do not know about him and your relationship with him will never work for you. In, in, in forming that relationship is simple. We've seen that as the first of our three keys from last Friday. And how to enter that relationship with him is simple. John 1 verse 11 to 13 where he says, Jesus came to those which were his own, but his own did not receive him. But yet to those who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave them right to become children of God. Verse 13 says, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. That then becomes your identity, where he gave you his name. What does the Bible say about that name? The name that is above every other name. Acts 4 verse 12 says, salvation is found in no other name, just this one name. first step is know your identity and believe in him become his people who are called by his name what do we need to do second part is humble yourselves we've seen that in pride and in unforgiveness being the reason for unanswered prayer humbling is very important a humble and a contrite heart he will not despise so when things are not going well things are not going right as planned we need to get down on our knees humble him Humble ourselves to him. Surrender. When you surrender, he cannot ignore. The third part is pray and seek his face. This again points back to relationship. There are two angles we can look at from this. Pray till we are in his presence, that is seek his face, worship him. Worship becomes very important and that's the prime reason why we start our sessions with praise and worship. And then when you are in his presence, you can talk to him and make your words known. The second one is focusing on the words, 
pray and seek. He says, pray and seek my face. To pray is to intercede and to seek is to make a demand. You intercede and you make a demand for his grace. And he said, seek and you shall find. In all your seeking, seek wisdom, seek understanding. But here, seek him, seek his face. That is then your demand shall be met. Stay in his presence till the answer comes. The practice of the secret place, our first key that we discussed last Friday. That is important to seeking his face. And then the fourth thing that we need to do is, he says, turn from your wicked ways. We have looked at all of these. Brother Vivek did a teaching as well just before this series on the effects of disobeying God, the curses that it brings. We've seen nine strong reasons for unanswered prayer. Eight of those could be, or not could be, eight of those are from our own personal reasons, not external factors. It's important for us to reflect on that, turn from our wicked ways, repent and renounce our iniquity and our sin, and then to make that decision to never go back to them. And when we confess and repent, 1 John 1, 9 says he is quick to forgive. Now when we fulfill these four things, the four parts of this equation, then what does he say? He says, then I will hear you from heaven. I will hear you in the spirit. And you make your prayer in the spirit. And I will forgive your sin and I will heal your land. Now healing your land, what does it mean? Forgiving our sins is exonerating us from any guilt. So the first thing with forgiveness there before we go to healing the land is Satan, the accuser, can no longer point a finger at you. He has cut that accuser out of the equation. You cannot be blamed anymore. Through mercy, he provides grace. And then forgiveness is restoration. He heals our land. Your land is your crops, your cattle, household, family. It's not just your body. It's not just your physical healing. When you fulfill those conditions, you pray, Lord, heal me from the sickness. It's not just your healing from sickness. It is your home, your job, your finances, your health, your relationships, everything. I will heal their land, he said. Now, Brother Savio, can you take us, can you read the next two verses for us? Please go to the Amplified Version. Hang on, please go to the Amplified Version. We'll read these next two verses and then that concludes our, our topic here. I hope you enjoyed this. The list is by no means exhaustive on what really prayer is, but I've tried to cover as much as we can so that we're able to reflect on our own prayer lives and hopefully get rid of, identify and get rid of some of those reasons. Yeah, please read. Now, my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayer offered in this place. 
for now i have chosen and sanctified and set apart for my purpose this house that my name may be here forever and my eyes and my heart will be here perpetually do you see now what he means by when he says i will hear from heaven i will forgive their sin and i will heal their land i will be with them then he will hear from heaven so if a prayer is not being answered go back to the basics look at all of these keys look at the principles that we have studied in prayer look at the reasons for an answered prayer come back to this equation lord a plus b plus c plus d the four things you want me to do have i done all of those and he says then i will hear you if he says he will hear you then there is no reason to doubt now do you see romans 8 verse 28 being activated in this when we fulfill those conditions in every situation and circumstance he works for the good of those who love him and whom he has called according to his purposes my people he says and as a result we are able to walk not just in breakthrough that happens once we are able to walk in a favor that is repeated breakthrough again and again you are able to rinse and repeat the same results of success again and again you've learned the system the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous one shall avail much result that is the outcome we want i hope this series has opened our eyes to reflect on our own prayer life to see the missing links to see the corrections that we need to make and to understand more importantly the system prayer is a system it works as a system anything that disrupts it will not fulfill the other half of that equation and satan all that he looks to do is break those four places there the four conditions that we need to fulfill here in 2 chronicles 7 verse 14 so that that system can be disrupted and it will not reach to completion on the other end whenever something is happening we need to check our alignment we need to check what we are doing or what we required to do check our conduct and then use these the systems the principles the keys as guide so i hope that will help us make amends to our prayer and and walk in in a in a with a prayer life that has more result coming out of it and we learn as we go it will not happen overnight we learn as we go so I'd just like us to learn there and build on it now quickly before we conclude i know it's about it's, it's time already i just want to make that prayer of salvation that we made once again that that we made last week for all those that are new today or all those that just want to give their heart to jesus we'll make that short quick prayer so that you can receive your gift of salvation holy spirit we ask you to hover over this prayer this prayer meeting and we cover everyone that we pray over right now by your precious blood jesus as we make this prayer of salvation we ask you lord for that gift to be given to each of these that we are now praying for i shall make that prayer brother savio can you please repeat after me sure. for all the rest please do not unmute your mics let us just make that prayer um you can say that prayer as brother savio repeats as well you can repeat together 
first let us just um, humble ourselves lord jesus i admit i am a sinner lord jesus i admit that i am a sinner i have done many things that don't please you i have done many things that do not please you i have lived my life for myself only i have lived my life for myself only i am sorry and i repent i'm sorry and i repent i ask you to forgive me i ask you to forgive me now let us confess our faith and as we believe we receive so lord jesus i believe in you lord jesus i believe in you that you are the son of god that you are the son of god and the only way to god and the only way to god i believe you love me i believe you love me i believe you died for my sin i believe you died for my sins tonight i receive you as my lord and savior and if it's daytime for you you can say today tonight i receive you as my lord and savior i confess that you are my lord and savior i confess that you are my lord and savior i receive eternal life into my spirit i receive eternal life into my spirit i give you control over my life i give you control over my life from this day forward from this day forward help me to live every day for you help me to live every day for you and in a way that pleases you and in a way that pleases you with you i move forward ever and backward never with you i move forward ever and backward never i love you lord i love you lord and i thank you and i thank you that i will spend all eternity with you that i will spend all eternity with you in the name of jesus we pray this and say amen in the name of jesus we pray this and say amen lord jesus we have believed in our hearts and we have confessed with our mouth that you are lord we thank you father for this gift of salvation that you pour out and we thank you lord that you go home to each of these you go to their homes with them and that life starts to experience transformation from this moment forward and let that be lord a testimony for your glory thank you jesus thank you all for attending this session hope you have gained some insights on prayer and some value for all that we have learned i've poured out my learnings into these two sessions here hopefully it will benefit your prayer life uh, please do share this teachings with others please go on to our youtube channel if you have enjoyed these teachings and every friday's teachings and subscribe to our youtube channels as well and um, join us for the morning encounter with the lord every day at 7 am australian eastern standard time and please 
do share Brother Savio's reflections as well. Those words are spirit-filled. You can see that spirit and life in them. Please share them. And let others be blessed as well. So thank you all once again. And have a good night and a good weekend ahead. God bless you all. Thank you, Russell.